0: Welcome to Canada's Podcast. Business leaders, ready to cut costs and boost growth with a recurring billing solution that's built for you? Our platform won't just save you money, it'll help you grow so that you make more money. Build clearly, grow quickly with Visibill. To calculate your savings, head to visibill.com today.
1: Hi, this is Cynthia Lockery host of Canada's podcast where we talk to entrepreneurs for making it happen right here in BC. Today, I'm joined by Danielle Riddle. After two years of settling in Vancouver from the East Coast of Australia, Danielle identified a lack of customer service in the corporate travel industry, leading her to create a customer first corporate travel company, Inspired Travel Group. Welcome, Danielle. I'm really interested to hear how you transitioned from Australia to Vancouver. So why don't you tell us a bit about uh, your company and your journey?
2: Yeah, well, hi, Cynthia. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here and to be chatting with you. Um, yeah, I mean, I came from, I grew up in Sydney, Australia, and um I worked in the travel industry when I was younger. Um, I, it was always something that was of interest to me, but I had actually gone into studies in event management, and I figured my best way into the events and tourism industry was to go through and also become an agent and work my way up. Um, but pretty quickly, I got into the agent job and realized that um, it was actually it was actually where I belonged, but. I I was always very keen to be to be leading and managing, and so my goals were pretty fast to get up there and run an agency myself. Um, so I did take over running an agency in Australia for a, for a larger big box company, and I actually came over to Canada with um, with Air Canada um, on an incentive, and I got to Vancouver, and it, it was it was so strange to me because I just fell in love with Vancouver, and as much as um, I love Australia and and it will always be my original home there was something about it that I just knew I wanted to work there and and given my um my nature I sort of came home I was quite young and I said I'm doing it I'm gonna go and I'm going to throw caution to the wind and and just take off and see where it lands me and I was I was planning to do a uh, you know working holiday but not really just have fun but I couldn't help myself from go, getting back into my career. And I was quickly sort of snapped up by a corporate agency and very quickly realized I could do it myself. And um, and I met my business partner and now husband there and, and we started the journey into um, developing Inspired. And it just came naturally to me. I, I knew what was missing in the industry, having been in a big box environment. I knew that if we could break it down and create a niche that, we could create something special, but obviously that didn't come without criticism. And whenever you try to develop something a little bit different or a niche within an industry that is heavily saturated, that comes with a lot of um, a lot of speculation and a lot of criticism. So it was really hard in the beginning, but we just knew from the get go that that we had the right level of tenacity to make it happen.
1: So why don't you explain what corporate travel is? Because I think a lot of people, when they think of travel agencies, they think about sitting on a beach in Hawaii and Mm -hmm. that's not what you do.
2: Yeah, I think that honestly, most people don't really understand our industry. They think of that exactly that. They think of the sort of old school style travel agency where you walk in and, and you meet someone and you talk about your your holiday you want to do like you said to hawaii or something like that in actuality it couldn't be farther from the reality so corporate travel is a very fast paced very um high pressure environment and it takes a certain skill in in travel that is many years of learned experience you can't you can't throw a leisure agent into this and just expect that they're going to be able to pick up you're dealing with high level executives every day and we're actually helping we're implementing programs for them to improve their efficiency and their productivity. So a lot actually lies on our shoulders to be able to implement the right policies to have their staff rested and rejuvenated and in control and not having to worry about how they're going to get there. And obviously, as you can imagine, the the issues that come up and the trials and tribulations, even for my agents, what they have to go through in terms of emergency calls, we're 24-7. So, my agents work around the clock in that respect. Um, you have to be able to pick up the phone at three o'clock in the morning and deal with someone who is irate and is on their way to a huge meeting in, you know, in Germany, and they're potentially going to miss their opportunity at a huge pitch. And you can only imagine the level of stress that you're dealing with when you've got an irash, somewhat irrational traveler um, who's a very high powered uh, business executive um trying to get to where they need to go so it's a very different world to to leisure travel
1: and i think any of those of us that have done business travel and mm-hmm. have had flight cancellations and weather emergencies and all the other things can yeah. appreciate the amount of work that goes into trying to find your way
2: so oh, yeah it's 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 tough it's a lot of work it's a, it's a lot different to what people think it is and you you're dealing with people who are traveling 70 to 75 percent of their life so as you can imagine that is not fun that is not a leisure activity so the difference in when you're dealing with someone who's traveling out of necessity and need as opposed to someone who's traveling out of want it's a completely different game that you're playing
1: so as an entrepreneur you've created your business you've created um you're kind of at the forefront of your journey Mm -hmm. what are you most proud of in terms of the work that you do
2: I think, honestly, the thing that I'm most proud of, especially today and in light of the current situation post-COVID, is just never giving up. Um, It's sort of been instilled upon me as from when I was so young. And I think that the foundation was set early for me. I was a competitive athlete when I was a teenager. And honestly, I can't say enough about how much I learned in that time in my life that tenacity and the willpower that you need when you want to achieve something outweighs anything else. And it taught me such a discipline at such a young age that I think it allowed me at a very young age to see success in the business world because I already had such a grasp on understanding that you cannot give up. You cannot, when the, when the chips are down, that is when you're going to perform at your best. And it's also, it's your chance to shine. And so for me, I try to instill this on my staff as well, is that, you know, even if it's tough, even if you're struggling, we're here to support and we're here to help each other. And it's all about mentoring. And it's all about like putting your time into your people and making sure that If you aren't giving up on that, you're a village, right? We all work together. And if you don't give up on each other and you've got the same common goals, that success will follow. And I think that's probably, I'm so passionate about that. And and I do thank my younger years of discipline, I think, for that. And I know that, you know, my parents saw that in me as well. And I think they always knew that I was always going to march to the beat of my own drum and I was always going to make it happen no matter what it was. And COVID was absolutely um, horrific for us, as you can imagine, in our industry. And that's what it took, resilience and just believing in yourself. And, And that's the biggest bit of advice I could probably give
1: and i love that because it really is about about that that passion and that that belief whatever you do as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. so is there um, any advice that you'd give to somebody who's starting out as an entrepreneur if that was great advice anything else you can think of when someone's listening thinking hmm, maybe i do want to take that chance
2: you know i think that the most important thing that you can do as an entrepreneur is listen and I think a lot of people go into starting a business thinking they know everything. And the issue is that um, that will be your biggest downfall. If you don't understand your weaknesses, the first thing that you need to ascertain is what you need support in. And once you know what you're what you're not so great at you're you can build the army around you to to create that and it also empowers the people that work with you and for you. So again, when I bring on new staff and I'm mentoring them and I'm and I'm talking to them about their journey and where we see them and you know I always tell people to to you know look look for the forest through the trees and just listen and listen to those that know what they're doing and take as much that you can from a wise person, because if you can emulate someone else's, um, like steps to success, you will create your own. And I think that when I sit with my staff and tell them that those that have followed in those footsteps and said, okay, I know you're doing it the right way. I may think I know what I'm doing, but why don't I take a little leaf out of your book? Because, you know, the proof is in the pudding. And, Maybe when I started, when I was younger, I was super audacious and I thought I was so self-righteous, like thinking of myself as a 20 year old. Oh, my gosh, I feel so bad to all my bosses because I just thought that I knew better than everybody and now I've realized that it's some of my younger staff or my junior staff that can teach me a lesson or two as well. And I know what I can bring people on to help me be stronger at, right? And when they understand that I am I have weaknesses, it empowers them to know that, hey, maybe I can step up here and um, I can prove myself and show my worth. So I think anybody that's looking to get into it, you have to first, you have to wear every hat for a long time and be prepared to do a lot of work, it is blood, sweat and tears, no jokes, but listen and and look to people who are successful and take advice from them and have a chat, like invite someone for a coffee that, you know, is in a position of success in that respect. And and pick their brain. Like people want to share. When, when you're in a position, you're normally an inspiring type of person. You want to motivate others and help and see success. So I think always draw on those around you.
1: Canada's Podcast, the number one podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. I love that advice because I find the older I get, the more I've been in this business the more I realize I don't have all the answers and that's where I need to listen more to my clients or listen to others around me to hear all the voices. So I love that advice. Yeah, Is is there any piece of knowledge or information about your industry in particular that would be of interest to our listeners?
2: Um, I think more that that distinction between that the industry is broken into many subsectors and, you know, it, it, it's funny because when I'm at dinner parties or I'm, I'm socially around people, travel is always obviously a very exciting thing to talk about. The leisure side of the travel in my life, I'm really passionate about, but that's my goal to live that life, which is what I do. So I'm lucky enough that I'm living my dreams, but my work side of my life is quite different to that. So understanding that the corporate world of travel is a very complex and a very um, high-pressured sort of environment. Um, I think it's interesting to know that it's such a necessity, especially post-COVID. There's been a huge um, depletion in the quality of service in our industry, and that's because of a lack of staff, that's because of a lack of money to be able to put into the sector, and therefore services such as um, Inspired, which is obviously a full-service Service people based company, it's a bit of a rarity. And so, having someone that when you're standing at an airport and you know, you have to go to the dreaded airlines line up that doesn't exist for our clients, they just call us. And there's something so amazing about that for corporates out there that need that kind of support. I think that it's come almost to a point where people don't even realize it, that it does exist to have this level of service. And and that's why um, you know, it's it's important to know that that it is there um and that you do deserve to have more support, um, uh, but you do need to take on the right, the right uh, agency within within the industry.
1: And so let's talk about being based in BC. We're both yeah. on the West coast of Canada. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the benefits of being based in Vancouver?
2: And BC? Well, yeah, I think, um, I mean the obvious, like it, it is an amazing city to live in. Um, the work-life balance of Vancouverites has always been such an amazing, like concept to me. I find that having come from a bigger city of Sydney, um, It was more of a, you know, sort of live to work rather than a work to live. I find that Vancouverites have a really great um, attitude towards trying to turn off, switch off at 5pm and get out there and enjoy the great outdoors. And it's something that I really embrace since I've been in BC. Um, And also it's a great gateway to the market of North America. So you've got this awesome little like pocket of, amazing, um, an amazing environment, amazing climate, great scenery, outdoorsy, healthy. It's got an amazing sort of social vibe to it, but you've got the rest of North America at your fingertips. And the way we all operate in such a remote environment these days, it's sort of like, in my opinion, why would you want to work in any other part of North America? I think it's like we get to sit in the little, the diamond here in the in the corner and we can service everybody. So, you know, it's a gem. It's I love it.
1: I could not agree more. Yeah. Um, and so, what are some of the challenges, though, of being in BC?
2: Um, look, I think that because specifically the challenges of being in BC is is that. It is a lot of a lot smaller market, and so from a corporate perspective, um, you don't have that same access to big corporate business necessarily. However, given the industry that we're in, um, and it is a very remote based environment, we do have access to that based on the right sales tools that we use. So. Although being based, for example, in Toronto or on the East Coast, you'd have a bigger market to draw from. We have the luxury of being able to live in BC, but still draw on that market. But it would be the challenge is that you you don't have the same corporate market. So in, in in a corporate business, it is a little bit more of a challenge, so to speak. Absolutely.
0: Business leaders, ready to cut costs and boost growth with a recurring billing solution that's built for you? Our platform won't just save you money, it'll help you grow so that you make more money. Build clearly, grow quickly with Visibill. To calculate your savings, head to visibill.com today.
1: So you moved from Australia to Vancouver, so this is a question that you will definitely be well-equipped to answer. Mm -hmm. So if somebody is moving to Vancouver and is thinking, how do they get a foothold, Mm-hmm. Is there any advice from your own experience of being a newcomer on how you um, made the connections?
2: Yeah, look, I, I've actually been here now for like 16 years, which is a long time. But mm-hmm. funny, because, you know, when you think about that, when I came here, I was at a very different stage in my life. I was um, a lot younger and um, I had a very different social world. And we didn't live in the world of social media we do now. It was very different. It was Far more actively social city in that respect. Um, You had to get out there and go and do and you know, pound the pavement kind of thing. Um, But I would say, especially if you're starting a business and you've moved here and you're starting a remote business, that's a huge challenge because you know you have the you have the issue potentially of being a little insular and being isolated. So, you know, I do know of just being in my community, the community outreach programs are actually amazing. I'm I'm blown away by how many different social media platforms you can join that have groups. So, you know, you can join like women entrepreneur groups, you can you can join women in business groups, you can go they have socials. There's there's hiking groups that you can join. I would say when you first come here, enjoy the city for what it is and embrace your hobbies and from that you will meet people that are like-minded and then you're going to see those, those people that are also in business and pursuing their dreams and I think for me is always following your passions and your dreams, you will sort of fall into the right spot because you'll come up against like-minded, well, with, sorry, like-minded people mm-hmm. and then you sort of help each other build those build those bonds. I think when you come from, when you're an expat, you naturally, like if I meet an Aussie or I hear of an Aussie, you have this like instant, like, oh, well, we're connected because we're Aussies, right? It's that natural. And it's the same if a Canadian goes somewhere, that's always handy. Um, but, and it's the same you move into state or into province and you, you know, you meet, you're from Saskatchewan and you meet another person from the prairies, there's a natural bond. So there's always groups that are, Australians in Canada or Brits in Canada or whatever it may be. But I I just think the social media, the social opportunities through social media, you know, there's like Nextdoor, which is your neighborhood program if you're in the suburbs. And then there's LinkedIn as well. And yeah, just get You've got to get out there. You really do.
1: And I know being from Ontario living in BC, the thing I noticed the difference is Ontario people ask what you do for a living. Mm -hmm. See people ask what you did on the weekend
2: exactly yes like I said it's like a it's a it's a work to live kind of city but it is there's a cultural shift everywhere whether you're just moving from province to province or country to country and I think as an expat it is up to you to like understand the culture that you're coming into and embrace it and immerse yourself as best that you can because you are coming into a different culture and sometimes it's hard to adapt I found that in the beginning that I was like oh, my gosh, it's so different to the way Australians socialise. And it, it took some time for me to understand, you know, people's sense of humour. Australians are extremely sarcastic and we, we're really like, we have a a pretty dry sense of humour. And so understanding those nuances and people thinking you're, you know, Canadians aren't like that. So I had to adapt to a lot of things like that. But, you know, it doesn't take long to fit in and, and love living here. So, Yeah.
1: Well, let's talk about success. How do you define success? But more importantly, how do you celebrate your successes?
2: Look, I think for me, success has always been, and it's what I constantly preach, is time. And I know that sounds a little bit like, what do you mean? It's time. Obviously, profitability comes first. We can't deny that. We, we have to We do have to feed our families and we do have to provide paychecks and we want our staff to be compensated like well. But you know that you're successful as far as I'm concerned when you have time in your life because time is freedom. And for me, it's been my goal right from the get-go is you have to find a way to replace yourself and a good leader will be able to mentor and pass that on to their staff and they'll be able to mentor their staff to become them and I think when you see that, it's it makes you so proud and it also shows you that you have succeeded and that and that you've achieved those goals because then you can spend time with your family, you can travel, you can, you know, I, I see my kids every day. Obviously, I can drop them at school. I can pick them up from school. We all have dinner together. My children, I think they think I don't do anything. I think that's kind of the funniest thing is that, that's life goals. My kids think that I don't do anything until they realize that you know obviously um, you know holidays don't come for free. so but for me and that and that's how we celebrate our successes. We live our the dream of travel and we travel all the time. So you know anyone that knows me is always like, where are you? W- what are you doing? Um, I take my business everywhere I go. I'm always available to my staff, but I've got freedom and I think for anybody, If you're working, to if you're living to work, like I said, you just bought yourself a job. And so if you're going to go through the blood, sweat and tears, and if you're going to put in the time, which those first five years, as you know, I'm sure that's what it takes. But if you can see the forest for the trees, you know, there's a bigger goal at the end and you know that you're going to buy yourself time in the end that's the greatest success and freedom that I think you can you can get and you know we do the same for our staff at work our success is celebrated twice a year we take our staff on a retreat but it's an incentive retreat so we go to go away together we create memories we build bonds and it's something that everybody works towards it's a huge goal in our company and they feel accomplished and they feel rewarded and they remember it forever People don't remember a bonus necessarily. It's easy to spend that extra $1,000, but you'll remember the memories that you make and it's something that we pride ourselves on and it's a huge part of our company culture.
1: I think that's absolutely great. And I know as a as a working mum, I mm-hmm. can relate as well that if I can get to school and, and give my kids the hug at the end of the day, that's success. Yeah, so, absolutely. Canada's Podcast, the number one podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs the flip side is how do you deal with fear and doubt that could creep in and especially you probably had a lot of fear and doubt when we were going through the pandemic
2: oh i mean i think this is like it was the biggest the biggest um hurdle and the biggest adversity we hopefully ever faced and ever will um but it takes a certain level of you you can you can lay down and and surrender but i just knew that we couldn't we had to dust ourselves off we had to pick up our socks we had to pivot we had to think on our toes we had to put that entrepreneur hat back on and i think having had those years in the beginning of doing it ourselves and being accountable and you know putting the responsibility on you and and taking every job you can go back to that anytime and you can do it again. If you've done it once, you can do it again. And, you know, I have personal, I've, I've never doubted the business. I have always wholly and solely believed. So I've never, I I, I can honestly say I've never thought, oh, am I making the wrong decision? Is this the right way to go? I've I've built this, this business on passion and belief. So that was never a doubt for me. My doubt comes from my own self-doubt of being, you know, I kept myself in the shadows for the most, majority of our business's life. And I think post-COVID, I had this epiphany that if people need to understand the backbone of my business, they need to understand me and they need to understand that in order to create something that can suffer through adversity and, and absolutely just like come out of it all guns blazing and blow it out of the water, they need to know that that comes from the strength and integrity of the character of the people behind it and I am absolutely like terrible with like I hate public speaking I am terrified of any kind of um, media anything like that and it's been honestly a crazy thing that's like harbored me for many years and I realized that like I don't have a boss to tell me you have to do it I could easily shy away from the things that I was the most afraid of and I and I after COVID I was like no no more excuses like Come on, if you can get through COVID, if you can survive that hell, you can do anything. So I was like I'm going to I'm going to just pick up my big girl pants and I'm going to let the people know who I am. And I think bringing a bringing a person into a people-based business was always sort of the key. And yeah, fear will always be there of your you know personal um self-doubt, but I've got kids. I need to show them that you know, if I want them to step up and join a new activity, or if I want them to be able to do a presentation in their class, mum's got to be able to do it too. So I I really need to lead by example for my staff and, and for my children. And so, yeah, that's been my like big personal hurdle that I'm hoping I can get through, you know, in the next phase of my career.
1: Well, and I find that a lot of people want to know the person behind the business. Mm-hmm. We're tired of these faceless corporations. Yeah. We wanna see uh, the person with the passion, the person with the inspiration, and, and that's going to inspire people. And we, a lot of us, I know myself, I like to spend money in a place where it's authentic, it's aligned with my values. So I think that's great that you're you're showing up and you're letting people know who you are. Because we all need more authenticity. Yeah. So um, where do you see your business in five years? You've had uh, an interesting five years.
2: Yes, Uh, to say the least. I think, um, again, coming out of COVID, you learn so much about how much resilience you really do have and how much potential maybe was sort of sitting a little bit at bay. and, And I think that, you know, I, I think that we were a little bit somewhat complacent pre-COVID because everything just went along smoothly. We were doing really well. We had a very nice, comfortable life and, um, you know, the business was, in, was was doing well. COVID really sort of like lit a bit of a fire and it made me realize that, hang on, I can do more than this. Like we were forced to pivot through COVID and take on new challenges and new projects purely out of necessity. And it made me realize that I need more of this in my business. If I can get back there, I'm going to go absolutely guns blazing. And that's pretty much what we've done. So we'll continue on with our expansion through Canada. And then the hope is to um, have international expansion even into next year. So that is really exciting for us. But I also feel like it's, it's a natural next step. We've grown exponentially since COVID, which I think is a Somewhat of a surprise because people think, oh, you know, COVID's obviously, it was devastating to our business. But since then, what has really worked to our advantage is that people are realizing how important service over volume is. And people are realizing that, Quality over quantity is what is needed in anything. You do need someone you can rely on. You do need someone when you're traveling that understands the real details of your trip and understands the details of the destination you're going to and has your back. And I think more so than ever, uh, the corporate travel service is absolutely integral to any business's success. And so we've really been able to prosper from that in pushing our message and pushing our vision and it's helping us grow now and we can see the writing on the wall for the vision going forward. And I think we've got this new level of just like determination and tenacity because of those adversities. And so again, it's like, don't see those pitfalls as um, negatives in your life. See them as an opportunity to, become stronger. And I think that's how I look at it. It was devastating at the time. There were many tears. We thought we were going to lose everything in our life, but we just kept going. And now it's like sky's the limit, right? So I think the growth trajectory for us is very exciting. And I can't wait to see where Inspired will be in 2024
1: and 25. Oh, it sounds very exciting. And especially as we continue to travel more.
2: Yeah. So, um,
1: in terms of advice that you've received as an entrepreneur, is there a book you've read or, or um, somebody you've spoken to any advice nugget that's really helped you uh, that you want to share with people that are listening today?
2: I think, look, I look to entrepreneurs that um, we all go to the the big entrepreneurs that have done so well and say, I want to be the next Steve Jobs or I want to be the next Mark Cuban or all those sort of people, right? And they're kind of pie in the sky. But if you actually break down the journey of these people, I think what resonates so well with me is that, you know, I look at someone like, I love Richard Branson. I think he's just an amazing entrepreneur. What I love about him the most is that, he came from humble beginnings and he followed a dream and a passion and I think, you know, he he suffered through the adversity of education battles and he wasn't, you know, he's dyslexic and he went through so many troubles in high school. And, look, I struggled in high school, not academically in terms of the ability, but I, I was not a good scholar. And I think it's because I am not you know, I can't follow the herd ever. I've never been able to. And it put my parents through hell. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) Now I'm like, please, kids, don't do this to me. But, you know, I think taking from sometimes being a little bit different and like, and just marching to the beat of your own drum, like I said, is so powerful. So I think it's looking at those entrepreneurs and realizing that those that have come from those humble beginnings, which a lot of them and most of them have, it's the it's the greatest foundation that you can you can have, right? So yeah, I would sort of say to people that feel like, you know, I, I haven't had a head start, I haven't had, you know, I haven't had that backing or I don't have a safety net, but neither did I. And neither did some of the biggest, most successful entrepreneurs there are. And I think there's something to be said about that. If you do come from humble beginnings, you've got a you've got the best chance of anyone because you've got this determination and you've got, you know, you've got the chance to take the risk. So, you know, I'm, I'm all about, I'm a risky entrepreneur and I follow those people. I take risks because without risk, there is no reward. If you don't have a safety net there, or you don't have something already in place for you, you have to take the leap and, you know so i'm always very inspired by entrepreneurs that that have that outlook and and it's kind of what i've followed and it's been my mantra too it's like even when you think the chips are down and it could be risky to do something that's when you've got to you've got to hustle and you've got to do what you can to get there right
1: absolutely and i love richard branson as well because of his dyslexic story yeah. and, and the fact that he had a learning disability um, but he 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 still has shone using working on his strengths instead of focusing on his weaknesses, which is usually what people want to do.
2: Yes, it's just so inspiring. And if you if you can take that those those nuggets from people and realize that you don't have to be cookie cutter, you don't have to follow a certain. Um, you know, algorithm, like you can shine all on your own. I'm so I'm so big on that. And I do that with my staff. You know, we we always talk about finding the right seat on the bus. And it is so important. You can be on the bus, but you, you probably shouldn't necessarily be the driver. And you may be not best being up the back either. We may need to, you know, put you a bit further up the front. You've got to find your seat. And when you do find your seat, the sky's the limit.
1: Absolutely. Well, this has been a great conversation and I've really enjoyed chatting with you. Uh, before we sign off, is there anything else that you want to say?
2: Oh, look, I think that anyone who's thinking about taking that chance, um, do your homework, make sure you have a clear vision, understand your business, and what it is the model that you want, that you want to move forward with. And I think don't doubt yourself, don't doubt your ideas and business and you have to go for it. You need to, you need to have the logical steps in place. You need to understand how business works. So draw on that community around you, talk to people that have done it before you, but moving on from that, let your passion and let your dreams lead the way. And don't be afraid that, that they might not work because you're going to fall, you're going to fall many, many times, but you have to just pick yourself up and know that with every fall that you have, you're getting a little bit stronger and you're going to see more success in the end. So yeah.
1: Great advice. Well, thank you. And uh, if anybody's listening, how can they find you online?
2: Also, I mean, our website, you can you can go to inspiredtravelgroup.ca. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn and, and we're on Facebook and the company is on LinkedIn and Facebook. So you can find us there. Shoot us a, me- a message and, you know, if we can help with, with corporate travel for any company, we would love to be able to um, put some policies in place for you and design a productive um, travel program.
1: Well, thank you. And we will look forward to talking to you again.
2: Thank you. It was lovely. Lovely to talk to you.
0: Business leaders, ready to cut costs and boost growth with a recurring billing solution that's built for you? Our platform won't just save you money, it'll help you grow so that you make more money. Build clearly, grow quickly with Visibil. To calculate your savings, head to visibil.com today.
1: Canada's podcast, the number one podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs.